Hey everybody, on today's Locked On Bama, we're going to continue Jimmy Stein's world-famous roster countdown. We're going to talk about numbers 92, 91, 88, and 87. We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Bama. Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. For, 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 we're recording this on a Sunday. I don't know. I'm discombobulated today. I've been out of town. Uh, not a lot of football news out there. And uh, I don't know. I'm a little grumpy, frankly. Okay. Well, the good. That ought to really um, raise the spirits of our listeners today. Thank you, Jimmy. Hey, I'm going to be no help in that regard today. Want to appreciate everybody for making us the first place you listen when it comes to Alabama podcast. And I do have a Kentucky Derby story that's going to wow you here in just a little bit. But right now, we're going to start again with Jimmy's world famous roster countdown. We're going to go with number 92, Justin Aboigby. Um, And, you know, I like this kid a lot. I'm hoping he takes a big step up this year. Uh, I feel like he can. I feel like he's much needed. Jimmy, what are you thinking about him? Yeah, uh, kind of a strange kid to discuss. He's clearly good. He's been playing for uh, the three years he's already been on the team. He's been a first-team player. Doesn't necessarily start the games, but that doesn't matter. He, he plays with the first team. I mean, he comes in and plays in the first quarter of every game. No matter the opponent, no matter the scorer, he's a first-team guy. Now, you know, the problem, if you want to call it that, has been – he hasn't really been a huge playmaker. I mean, uh, he plays, he obviously plays well, or he wouldn't be out there. They wouldn't just keep running him out there if he was, you know, not performing well, or at least to the standards the coaches expect. But he hasn't really been, you know, a candidate for all SEC team or, or make a bunch of plays. I think the challenge for him, Luke, in this final season, or, or right now it's a senior season, he could come back next year with his COVID year, uh, and which might be a good idea, by the way. Uh, I, I think that the, the next step for him is to become a player we depend on not to play, not to be first team, not to be part of the rotation, but a player we depend on literally to win the games. I, I know one way I look at, at big games, Luke, that we play every, every season, every fall when we're, we're playing a big game and we do in my mind in week two against Texas, for instance, on the road, uh, I always look at the oldest kids who are playmakers or should be playmakers. And I'm like, y'all have to win the game. I mean, I know we're excited about, you know, this freshman or that freshman or sophomore Dallas Turner or sophomore Kool-Aid McKinstry. But if we're going to beat somebody really good on the road, that has to be on the backs of the older kids. Who, 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 this is their team. It's their time. And, and I think a Boyd B is a good example of that. Uh, Justin has to go from, being a first-team player to being the reason Alabama beat Texas. And uh, I, I'm ready for him to make uh, that that step. I'm sure the coaches are too. You know, one thing, checking over his stats over his three years, um, do, do you know how many sacks he has in three years? Did you, in your study? I, I do not, but I, I, I do not, but I can guess, and I bet I can come pretty close. Um, Go ahead. In three years, uh, three and a half. 
One one and a half, one and a half as a freshman and half a sack last year. Yeah, that's just not good enough. Uh, and, and it's and again, first of all, we have to 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 admit this, which is true. I mean, he's not out there playing because he has compromising pictures of the of of Freddie Roach. Uh, no, no, he's playing because he's earned it and he's good and he's one of the best defensive linemen we have. Uh, he's been consistently part of the first team rotation for three years. So this is a guy that Nick Saban and Pete Golding and Freddie Roach believe is contributing in a positive way to the team. So he is. Now, he needs to take the next step, which is simply to make more plays. I'll tell you who does. We barely notice as fans, but but at some point, you know, we're going to, you know, Byron Young uh, is the same age, came in at the same time, and has also been a first team player for the same period of time. Look at Justin Aboibe's numbers and now know that Byron Young has made 88 tackles with eight sacks and 18 tackles for loss in the same period of time. And, and, and I think that's what really stands out. Like, wow, Justin, you would have thought, has made more plays than he has. And Byron, it's kind of a surprise he's been that level of productive. So really, we need to see a little bit more Byron out of Justin. <laughs> I like uh, that. That right. is that is really good. Put that. That sounds like, you know what? That sounds like something um, the Backstreet Boys manager would say to the Backstreet Boys. Because I bet you there was a Justin and a Byron on the squad or team or whatever the hell they are group, and he was like, Justin, you need to be more like Byron. And then uh, there'll be another uh, fancy dancing uh, white dude named London. What the hell am I talking about? I don't know. I'm going to quit talking now. <laughs> I was in a, a nightclub like back in uh, this probably would have been 90, 97 or no, no, not 90. Yeah. About 98, 99. Uh, I, I don't know if nightclub I don't, the kids probably didn't call it. I was, I was in is a bar and I guess it's sort of like a club and me and my buddy, uh, David and my brother, Philip, it was the three of us. And we're in this nightclub, and for whatever reason, the waitress uh, walks up to us and and acted like she knew it. We we didn't know her, but she acted like she obviously thought we were somebody else. But she walked up and and she said something like, uh, um, uh, "Good to see y'all again," or "Wow, nice to have y'all." Nice to have y'all back. I think is what she said. We, we we didn't go to this place, so my friend David said, "Well, it feels really good to be recognized." And then I guess the waitress realized that she didn't know who we were. And, uh, and, and she looked at me and she said, should I know y'all? And I said, <laughs> I said, well, we are the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I have no idea where. And see, the funny thing about the joke is I was not a Backstreet Boys fan. None of us were. I have no idea where I got that from. But it was just a snap reaction joke. Uh, should I know y'all? So, we are the Backstreet Boys. I mean, yeah. Don't they all She wear didn't laugh. But that was like 20 years ago, and every now and then we're together, me and David and Philip, we still laugh about it. I doubt the waitress. Has, she didn't even laugh that night. But She probably David. still doesn't know who you are. Um, <laughs> no. Even now that you have this podcast. Jimmy, let me, let me when I come back, i got to tell you a really quick Kentucky Derby story that I heard this right. weekend about a friend of mine that's awesome. Um, and it ties into Alabama because he's an Alabama fan. Uh, but right now I want to tell everybody about Built Bar. Look, they just sent us these samples for the birthday cake puffs. I can't wait to dive into these mothers. 
Imagine dipping your finger into that plastic tub of birthday cake frosting. You know what I'm talking about. We all love that. And then opening your eyes and realizing that it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's awesome. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off that order. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they are made with collagen protein which your body absorbs more effectively and efficiently and provides ton of he- tons of health benefits. Go to Built.com and get your birthday cake puffs now. Go to Built.com. That's promo for 15% off that order at Built.com. Notice, um, Kentucky Derby story, a buddy of mine uh, got invited to the Kentucky Derby uh, through a, a mutual friend or, or at least he's an acquaintance of mine friend of my buddy and um he is the the, the friend that invited him is extremely wealthy and he had tickets for everybody to, to like sit literally on the right at the finish line of the kentucky derby um and it, it was just a thing they all got to go in these special all access things i mean they could you know my buddy said he could have um he could have patted rich strike on the butt if he'd wanted to i mean he could have done he, he could have ridden rich strike if he wanted to um but anyway so my friend has three sons and they're all you know one of them's going to bama next year one of them's probably about 15 one of them's probably about 12 13 14 somewhere in there and so he told his sons because they were all jealous he got to go to the kentucky derby and he told them hey look i'm gonna put i'll put a hundred dollar bet down on any horse you want to for each of you since you don't get to go and i'm getting to go and i'm getting this you know free trip and it's gonna be awesome so the two of the boys, the, the older and the younger boy, researched it, looked it up, and they bet on the favorites. The middle kid said he wanted to bet on ethereal whatever it was. Well, that horse is the one that got scratched. So my friend called his middle son and said, look, that your horse got scratched. Who do you want? He said, well, just give me the one with the longest odds. I don't care. So my, <laughs> my buddy said, you know what? I'm, I just about didn't bet on it because I was like, I'm just putting $100 up a horse's butt. I don't want to do that. I mean, I'm just blowing it. But he went to the counter and said, all right, I'm going to do it. And he put his $100 up there and said, give me $100 to win on the horse the longest eyes. And the guy looked back and said, well, that's Rich Strike, and you're a dumb son of a bitch. <laughs> he said the guy really called him that. So anyway, after the race was over, the, the guy that handled all, you know, bringing everybody there, the really rich guy, I'm trying to not use names to protect the innocent and guilty. Um, he said, I don't care who wins what. I want, We're heading out because I want to get stuck in traffic. So my buddy really didn't even know who won the race. It was so bam, bam. Like everybody was just cheering. And he, he was like, okay, everybody was hustling out the door. So on his way out the hallway, he heard somebody say, I cannot believe the horse with the longest odds won. And he goes, oh, oh my God, I think my son won. Well, Immediately he called his son and said, you know, he didn't even look at the ticket. We were still in his wallet or something. He didn't even know what the odds were. And uh, he called his son, said, you won. His son immediately Googled the odds and said, Dad, you owe me $8,000 at 80 to 1. And he was like, oh, my God. Well, he couldn't even cash the ticket because the guy said, we got to go. I don't care. Nobody's cashing any tickets. I'll cash it later. So he wasn't able to – cash the ticket. He's going to let that guy's wife cash it this weekend because they're closed all week. And meanwhile, his son who goes to a, a boarding school keeps calling his dad. He's like, 
he's like a, a bookie. He's like, where's yeah. my money? Where's my, where's my money? Where's my money? <laughs> so the dad said, my buddy said to his son, look, I, I'm going to give you this money because I told you what, but you got to come up with a business plan. You've got to have a what you want to do with it. Like, we're going to tithe some. We're going to give some to charity. We're going to do this. And so the son comes back after like 30 minutes goes, okay, I got it. I'm going to go ahead and give $150 for tithing. I feel like that's that's good. I'm going to go ahead and give $100 to charity. I'm going to save $500. i am going to invest $500, and I'm spending the rest of that stuff. <laughs> that's the plan. Yeah, that's my business plan. I'm going to blow it. And uh, I'm going to bet on some more horses. That's my business. That's I got a pretty good plan. I'm about to double my money. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, um, somebody who could not ride a horse, unless that horse was the literal Trojan horse, that's Jaheim Otis. Uh, um, Jaheim Good Otis. Segue. He is a monstrous human being, bigger than all outside, and but he's even even as big as he is. He would shock people with his bigness now. But if they had seen him three months ago, people would have fainted at his large large esque. Yeah, I heard in December, uh, and when I say I heard, uh, no. Uh, he was over 400 pounds in December, uh, about the time that high school all-star game, uh, just, just tremendously overweight. Uh, what made him such a good prospect is even though he played in his 12th grade year, so, so overweight, uh, and still demonstrated uh, a level of burst and athleticism that you just knew somewhere inside there is a big time player. And, uh, you know, I'll admit at one point, it looked like he might be flipping to Ole Miss. And I knew it was over 400 pounds. And at that time, I'll be honest, I mean, I really didn't care as an Alabama fan. I was like, well, all right. I mean, I know, you know, I always look at it like if if Nick wants him, then I want him, right? I mean, that should always be our attitude. And that was my attitude. I mean, if Nick wants him, I want him. But uh, there's some you lose sleep over. And some are like, yeah, whatever. And I was, uh, whatever. Well, that was months ago. Now, fast forward, and, and and thanks to Pete Golding's good work and Nick Saban's good work and Freddie Roach's good work, you know, he plays for Alabama. And now, thanks to the kids' good work, uh, we can see why Alabama and Coach Saban were so excited about him in the first place. I mean, he's driven. He's lost a tr- the most amount of weight in a short period of time I could remember of any Alabama player ever. Uh, his story is now starting to remind me a lot of Duran Payne. Uh, Duran was also very overweight during a portion of his high school career, and I worried that would carry over to college, and, and, and he wouldn't be a good player at Alabama. But the moment that that Alabama rolled around, Duran turned to a different dude, and, and and it's so much of like what's going on with Jaheim. So I'm really excited about him now. I don't know how much of him we'll see this fall because that defensive line room is really crowded, 14 players on scholarship. It's hard to imagine a freshman uh, getting on the field. But he is uniquely suited to play in the goal line package. So maybe we do see him this fall situationally, uh, which would also be a good reward to him for his hard work. So uh, I won't be surprised if that's the case. Yeah, you know, you bring, every time somebody says Deron Payne now, I can't help but think about when he and Jonathan Allen got in a fight on the sidelines with the Redskins this year. And I all I can think is, if that had actually come to blows, I really <laughs> wish that somebody had filmed it and and sold it at the movie rights to the people who do Mothra versus Godzilla or whatever, because what a <laughs> what a hell of a battle that would be. Um, Jimmy, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, I'm gonna talk about uh Miles Kitzelman, number 88 in your countdown. But right now I gotta tell everybody about Bet Online. 
Bet online, they're our partners. They continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL future. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. All right, Jimmy, Miles Kitzelman, uh, a yeah. name that makes me think, if if I didn't see a picture of him, I would think this guy got the hell beat out of him a lot in junior high, but I feel like he probably didn't. <laughs> yeah, I think he was do, He was the one do, handing out yeah. the ass beatings, I, I think. Uh, he's a big kid and an offensive lineman in high school, and who would have guessed for as much as we follow the program here and all our listeners do, or you wouldn't be listening to the show, uh, who would guess that that here we are just uh, 80 some days from the start of practice. And we're talking about a guy named Miles Kitzelman, uh, not because he's just randomly in the news, but he's on our football team. Like, again, it's fair to ask who, but, you know, as time has moved on and I found more about the kid, I'm sort of excited about him. Not excited. I, I know what the odds are. Look, when, when you sign a sleeper at Alabama, I've already crunched the numbers. I, I already have. When, when Alabama signs a kid uh, that is very lightly recruited, and this kid is as lightly recruited as any player Alabama's ever signed. Uh, when Alabama signs a lightly recruited player, the chances of him developing into a star is, is right at about 10%. And I'm not saying that, hey, I've looked into it and this kid's got a better shot than 10%. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, I'm just saying, yeah, I guess the shot's 10%. Uh, but I am uh, looking forward to seeing how his career unfolds because he does have a unique story and unique stories somehow tend to work out at tight end more than any other spot. Uh, uh, on an unrelated note, funny how we're talking about him at 88. Uh, I, I, I talked about him on, on day 88 because I just kind of was in the mood to talk about him. He, he doesn't have a number yet. I actually think he'll be 87 because that's what he wore at Hutch and we do have 87 available. So he's probably going to be 87. I just felt like talking about him on day 88, and I just sort of did the, uh, hey, I'm a king of this thing, uh, and just sort of declared 88 Miles Kitzelman Day. In fact, I think he'll be 87. The guy I want to talk about at 87 is Amari Nablack. Know what number I think he's going to be? 88. Because uh, O.J. Howard was 88, and, and, and I could see him being given O.J.'s number. Interesting, uh, not black for the next podcast, but I do have an interesting question for you. Who was the last non OJ Howard 88 receiver, tight end, any anything that you remember? You know, when I if we did the word of number association with a memory, yeah, and you said, okay, hey, who's number 37? I, I mean, I'm saying Sean Alexander, the new, the new crop may say, uh, I don't know, wouldn't Levi Wallace 37 or, or, uh, right. Robert Lester. Um, Robert Lester. Um, now, but if I, I say I 88, 88, let me, I don't even think OJ Howard initially. You know who I think of? Marco Battle. I was just about to say Marco Battle was 88. And yeah. that just, Marco Battle is a great example, Luke, of how you view the game differently as a kid. And, and I'm not saying I knew nothing about football when I was in high school or when I was a young student in Alabama. I mean, I knew. I probably knew more than most kids my age. But my point is, 
if you asked me when I was 19 or 20 years old, was Marco Battle really good? I, I would have gone like, oh, Marco Battle is awesome because he was a starter and he was number 88 on the football team and, and, and he was out there running around with the first team. But when you look back on it and you see, well, really, the awesome wide receivers are guys like Ruggs and Devontae Smith and Judy and Julio. <laughs> maybe, maybe some of these wide receivers of my youth, like Marco, like Jesse Bendross, maybe they weren't Randy Clay Moss. Clay White, like maybe they weren't Randy Moss as as I sort of remember them as. It, it's funny you know, we don't recruit any of those three guys. No offense to them at all. They yeah. played the University of Alabama. That's badass. But yeah. this Nick Saban crowd does not recruit any of those three guys in my opinion. No, no, that's hundred percent. That's hundred percent right. And I'm not like you. I'm not taking a shot at them. These guys were like heroes of my youth. So I guess I sort of put them on a pedestal, you know. But yeah, they you. didn't. They didn't play in the NFL. They weren't not just first round picks. They weren't picks at all. Oh, and back then the draft was twelve freaking rounds. Hey, let me say this, <laughs> and this has nothing to do with the the recent arrest which turned out to be much ado about nothing for jerry judy turned out to be basically that's that's just Um, crap it was crap but i'm not so sure i wouldn't be more excited to meet marco battle than jerry (laughs) weird could not agree more totally totally agree i would be i would fanboy out a little bit over a marco battle and like jerry judy is just like another 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 saban five star I mean, to to be remembered as a wide receiver from from Alabama in the '80s is about the highest compliment you can give a wide receiver from Alabama in the '80s. How about a running back we had on that that same team? Remember uh, David Castile? Oh yeah. How about well, how about how about one from '88 uh, when Marco Battle was there? I think uh, Murray Hill. Murray Hill. Higgins recruiting Murray Hill. <laughs> And I love Murray Hill. I love Murray Hill. Hey, we don't beat Kentucky at Kentucky without Murray Hill in uh, 1988. And, yeah, he, he's from Atmore, and, and even though that's a good hour and a half up the road for me, I still consider it sort of local to me. But, uh, yeah, Murray Hill, one, one of our great – scatback doesn't even begin to describe him. Wow. That was one small, small – David Palmer says Murray Hill was small. Yeah, yeah. If you had a team of scatbacks – he would be the scat back on that team. <laughs> okay. All right, Jimmy, that's going to do it for the day's episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We really appreciate you guys so much. Please do convince your family members and acquaintances and even enemies to subscribe to our podcast. We would appreciate that very much. So until next time, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.